The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. Now, I have a uh, read, a couple of reads, actually, that I have finished. I just haven't done Guy's takes for, um, but uh, they deserve it. So I'm going to do a little bit of follow up for those and those will be coming very soon. I actually hope to get another one posted tonight. So you might actually get both of these in your feed at once. But um, uh, but it's possible with the amount of other things I need to get done, it'll be tomorrow. So, um, but there, uh, I wanted to post the Keat AMA that we had, the Ask Me Anything that we had on uh, the Twitter Spaces on Monday. We do cover some of the same, like a lot of the same topics that we covered in the chat episode. But I just know a lot of people who missed some of the initial questions and things that we talked about at the beginning. There are also just a lot of really, really good questions and things that I kind of forget that people don't even know about how some of the basic principles of the protocol work, you know, and it's it's just hard to remember everybody's perspective and everything that you would need to cover and where everybody is starting from. So this is a really, really good useful, a really good resource that I think is really useful that should be available. Um, so this is the AMA with... Um, Matthias Boos and Paolo Arduino from Hole Punch. There will be no interruptions in this one other than thanking our sponsors right here at the beginning. Um, I did miss like the first like 10 minutes maybe. I was trying to figure out how best to record it because I thought there was going to be a native recording option. I've seen Twitter spaces be recorded and there didn't seem to be one and I was a little bit confused so I had to use Audio Hijack. And because of that, I just kind of missed the very beginning of it. But I don't think we missed any really good, any crucial stuff. It was mostly just me introducing the topic and kind of getting oriented around introducing Paolo, introducing Matthias, and announcing the launch of a Keat on mobile. If you guys have not checked it out yet, definitely do. And if you're looking for rooms, I specifically made a little guy's hangout room. Um, so DM me or shoot me a message on Telegram or something. Um, I try to hang out there a lot, and it's everybody who's, like, new. It's a, it's a great way, because when you first open up Keep, there aren't, like, any rooms. It's not like you can select from a list. It's just blank, so you need a link. So if you're trying to jump into one, don't jump into one of the massive ones, because it takes a while on mobile. Granted, in the last, in two days' time, they've already had, like, two updates i think and they're fixing a lot of things and there's already some really cool things added um so this is something that i think is going to move very very quickly Desk desktop the desktop version did and i kind of see the same progression happening in mobile but regardless feel free to hit me up i'll send you the link and you can come to guys hangout and that's a great way to bounce from there and people can share links to other rooms um and it's specifically a smaller room so doesn't have the loading problem and I'm not posting it publicly so that like hundreds of people join. But with that, let's go ahead and get into the AMA with the guys at Keat, Matthias and Paolo, who are bringing a private 
encrypted, truly peer-to-peer and decentralized, starting this with Keet, a private encrypted chat app that is fully peer-to-peer, and from there, building an ecosystem. Real quick, let's thank our sponsors and we will jump in. Fold sats back on everything that you do. So on my uh, big bill, uh, I have I have one biggest bill every month and uh, from the business, and I got two freaking percent back. I just broke 18 million sats. So I don't know how long. I don't even think that was a full month this time. I think I was just shy of a month. And that is 0.18 Bitcoin, about $4,200 that I've gotten back just because I use the Fold app and the Fold card as my daily driver. And my mom is actually stacking a ton of sats and she only like sparingly used it. And now she's using it for like everything. Trust me, if my mom can do it, you can do it. Check it out. Go to guyswan.com slash fold. If you want to get sats for all of the things that you normally purchase in your fiat life and you are sick of your boring old debit card that doesn't give you sats, go to fold. Guyswan.com slash fold. Then you're going to want the best place to get connected to a team, to true Bitcoiners who understand what's going on, to onboard into Bitcoin fully. Swan Bitcoin swanbitcoin.com slash guy actually and i want to thank everybody who uses my referral link because i forget that there's just like a constant little trickling in of people who have signed up for their their swan private for their savings account for their like their weekly buy like i do or the monthly buy or whatever that actually added up to quite a bit last year and that was that was really cool it's cool to see a that you guys are using swan so much but also that you actually use my referral link um, to get there. But know that with or without it, I still encourage you to go to Swan. Sponsorship or no sponsorship, seriously, they are the highest signal. No, like, you're just not, you're not going to get sold crap. They're just going to teach you about Bitcoin. They're going to have an incredibly easy automated way to buy and an automated way to withdraw which they will help you understand how to withdraw, what you need to withdraw to, and how to protect your keys, which is what why you're going to need to get a cold card. You want to get a basic hardware wallet. And Swan will actually, they have resources to teach you how to do this, and uh, you can even feel free to ask questions. They're incredibly helpful. They have tons of different um, things to direct you toward and tons of different options. I am a huge fan personally of the cold card, the cold card hardware wallet. They are also sponsors of this show. Thank you to CoinKite. But they are one of the longest running, if not the longest running, Bitcoin-only hardware wallet out there. Um, it's incredibly versatile. It's just an awesome little device. Um, it is one of the... I put it in the top echelon of all of my Bitcoin hardware wallets, and I have a lot of Bitcoin hardware wallets. And that's not even bringing up in the tons of other Bitcoin hardware devices and security tools that they have at CoinKite. So check them out. You've got your one, two, three punch. Get your sats back on your fiat life. Stack all the time. Get onboarded and get knowledgeable about Bitcoin. And then keep that shit safe with your cold card. And you get special links, discounts, free sats from Fold20,000. You got the referral link from Swan. And you got a 9% discount with code BitcoinAudible for cold card. And you're not even going to believe it, but it's right there in the show notes. That 
will cover our thank yous for today. Except, of course, for a last thank you to Paolo and Matthias for uh, letting me moderate the AMA and for kind of feeling like I'm a part of Keat. Um, and I've also been trying to be really involved in the slash tags and synonym. Everything that is happening around this technology and uh, these guys has been really exciting. Um, and it's cool to feel like I'm a little bit of a part of it, like I'm actually there. And even if that just means that I get to be the one to sit down and ask them questions and moderate a Twitter spaces. But I had a lot of fun and I geek out about this stuff really hard. So with that, I hope you enjoy the Keat AMA with Paolo and Matthias. The, the, the concept in mind that this is an alpha version, of course, and you know bugs are, are to be expected. But you see, like uh, they are eager to get more features. They want to to use this as their daily drive um, driver for their conversations because it's it's a different feeling, right? So if uh, if you're trying to think about uh, how WhatsApp or Telegram work, where you know you click the send button, the message goes to a centralized server and then get routed back to your friend sitting like 100 meters from you or one kilometer from you in the same city. In WhatsApp and Telegram, these messages are you know going traveling thousands of miles just to go get back to, to your neighbors. Uh, that is uh, like really, uh, if you think about it, is a huge waste of, uh, of, of time, waste of money, waste of uh, internet infrastructure, right? So Kit is basically just a way to find the shortest path between uh, people and between peers to connect them, to have let them talk directly. And so people are realizing that there is a kind of a parting shift around the uh, and hole punch is not just about, okay, well, there's a nice app and works and you can share big files, but actually it, the more it clicks to you, it, you start getting, start thinking, okay, okay, this is possible. Now we want to do 100 different things, right? So we are encountering people that are spacing out by the, and, and thinking to like already tens of projects that can build on this technology. So that is to me, the super exciting thing is like, they have in their hands, you can see, you can feel that they, they are uh, already uh, planning big projects ahead, uh, leveraging on Keith. If I could just add one thing to what Paolo said, because this is my, I've been doing this a lot myself when I test and it's just like so mm -hmm. amazing to me. If you want to try the, mo the most like simple, crazy demo, you can do this with yourself, which is great. Like just try installing Keith on your desktop and then install Keith on your phone and try to pair with uh, your desktop room and then try typing on your desktop. Then you'll see what true local instant looks like. Like the way you just hit enter on your keyboard and it almost feels like before your button hit, hits the bottom of your keyboard, like the message is there on your phone because it's like traveling, you know, five centimeters to get there. That's what like that unlock is, that's where I'm like, wow, peer to peer. Like nothing else comes close to it. And then once you feel like, true serial latency it's like you can't go back then everything just feels like legacy no it's totally true it's so fascinating because um like i'll do it like on a remote desktop to uh my linux and like i was talking about earlier uh matthias is i've been using this to transfer files to my other computer because it's just easier than trying to do a lan shared folder i mean i'm shocked how difficult it is to share a folder in like the default just like smb sharing and stuff and so i just send it over keith because 
I have to keep running on both the machines at all time and I can just drop a gigabyte file and it transfers in like no time. But logged into the thing, like as soon as I post a message in one, it is literally instant in the other. And it's so crazy to think that like we go out on essentially the way the peer to peer is working is I'm reaching out to the network in general to figure out where the other location, where the other computer is. But then I'm just connecting directly to it. Like it's just I'm just using the global network as like a discovery. And then if I have that information saved, I do I basically do that once. And then I'm just connecting directly to the Linux machine in my home using hole punch, using using hypercore. Um, and it really is it really is kind of crazy. Um, and the the quality and the speed that you can get because you don't have a you don't have bandwidth bottlenecks. It's just whatever the best it's whatever your connection can manage. Um, there's so many amazing benefits and so many things that as things are built on top of this, like I feel like the feedback loop is going to be really powerful in the sense that, you know, I use it for one thing. It becomes that much easier to use it for this other thing that used to be frustrating because we hadn't bootstrapped something yet. Um, and it's just kind of exciting to see that. Um, and one of those examples actually leads me to a question was like the one of the big challenges you have here in building something that's totally sovereign, peer to peer, self-hosted, all that good stuff is data availability. Um, and there's already like a couple of people talking about like, oh, I tried to join a room, but it says key not found. Well, that's because someone creates a room and then invites you. And if they're not online, then uh, if they like close the app, you know, it's been like 10 minutes or so. Um, then if you can't connect directly to them, then there's basically no room, quote unquote. The, the room is your connection with the other peers. Um, and uh, somebody mentioned, you know, is there, uh, this was a, a response underneath the thing that says, is it possible for a third party, a centralized server or service to keep the encrypted incoming data online until you reconnect? So messages could be transmitted if the other side is not online. And uh, Matthias, I just wanted you, either you or Paolo, wanted you to answer that question again, kind of a little bit more in depth because you gave a little tweet on explaining the blind mirroring or the blind forwarding. Um, and I wanted you to go into that because I thought that was such an interesting idea. Uh, yeah. Sure. You want to go, Paolo? I can back up. <laughs> sure. Um, so... Uh, this is probably one of the um, probably the question that uh, we anticipated the most and uh, was also addressed by one of our um, initial tweets uh, today. So one of the most important things that we uh, decided at the beginning of the journey of a hole punch was not compromising at all, right? So in order to solve the problem of data availability, we know that uh, with desktops is different, but with mobile phones, most of the time, they are, the application is running on background, is offline. So your um, device will not get notifications. So you have two ways to solve that, right? Uh, the first way would be, let's add a um, temporary centralized solution that would uh, you know, refresh, keep fresh your data and mirror your data. And, um, you know, you could use relays, for example, you can use centralized infrastructures as a relays. The, but to us in, um, in Hole Punch, 
it feel this this approach feels extremely uh, kind of compromising, at least to use it as the first solution or the the, the the initial solution to the problem, right? Because if you go peer-to-peer all the way, you have always to start from the fact that there should not be any intermediary whatsoever. Then you can add, you know, optional relays, you can add many other solutions, many other, um, you know, hacks to get your data available. But the core part is that you should never rely uh, on a third party, and you should always be able to connect directly. Then we started thinking that understanding, of course, is important for people to have a good user experience. So we um, thought, what was the proper model that would apply to Hole Punch and Keith in order to not compromise its integrity and core ethos in terms of, you know, making use of a pure peer-to-peer network. Because the moment you start adding centralized uh, relays, then you end up little bit, little by little, a bit more centralized. So you can imagine that in a huge network with millions of uh, computers all talking to each other, the number of relays you could imagine that could be the square root of the number of uh, participants to the network, because not every single person would be a relay, right? So if you can, if you imagine that, if you think about it, then and give or take um, is could be true with this this proportion, then you end up in a situation where you still have a big attack surface because the number of, of relays are extremely limited compared to the number of nodes running the network. So we imagine a different approach that is still using the concept of uh, blind forwarding. That means um, your data has to be made available by, by someone else that is not you because you're offline but with the constraint that 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 someone else cannot access your data while you are offline or and uh, independently right cannot access to your data full stop right cannot peek in your data so since the with kit we are actually what we are creating with kit is a, a social app right that app where you start adding people contacts talking um, you know, in, interchanging messaging and so on and so forth. We thought that, and we we are planning to add this uh, uh, blinded forwarding, but starting from using your contacts as your quote unquote relays, where you can you have friends that you talk a lot, you have friends that you see that they are often online, and you can have these friends keeping your data fresh for you, right? Still, these friends cannot be peeking through your data, cannot see anything because it's, it's fully encrypted and they are just blindly forwarding this data. So if you think about it, you can create a huge social graph where everyone right, is, um, is in his small silo, can have a certain like 100 friends. And these 100 friends, maybe 10 of them or five of them are relaying data from, for, for others. And then you know, other people will have their own friends and so on and so forth. So you create the most resilient data distribution network ever created, probably apart from BitTorrent. So this is the way we, sorry for the long um, um, you know, journey to this point, but we are getting there. We are going to design, we are already planning and designing these algorithms that allow us to do blind forwarding, but also creating social graph that will enhance, will, uh, will um, make available your data through your friends rather than a fixed set of, of uh, IP addresses and peers or, or, or relays.
Nice. Yeah, this is, and, and it's one of those things you, you mentioned BitTorrent. Um, and the, the fact that this is designed so much similarly or so very similarly to that protocol and in, in the idea that it kind of creates a live dynamic version of BitTorrent where Bitcoin, BitTorrent is like static, unchanging files. Um, this is like BitTorrent with a web experience. But the beauty of that is that look at the incredible success that BitTorrent has had in just sharing data with peers. Um, you know, there was a point where BitTorrent was essentially like half of all internet traffic, and it's an entirely voluntary network. And we're talking about being able to expand on that, uh, make that experience dynamic and updatable and fully encrypted, and uh, and being able to add monetization, to add Lightning Network and a open source decentralized money as a layer in this ecosystem. like. When BitTorrent already became half of the internet, what's possible when you can monetize it? What's possible when you can have, uh, you know, you can pay somebody a thousand sats to be a peer um, uh, or to, you know, offer data or offer an app directly to someone. And there is no platform anymore. There is no app store waiting for approval. You just work with the people you trust. Like I just download from Matthias, the new version of Keat. Um, uh, but I, I just want to refresh actually, since we've had a good span with a bunch of people coming in, uh, we are, this is Keat mobile has dropped today and this is an AMA with Paolo and Matthias. So feel free to, uh, jump up and ask any questions. I mean, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go on about all this stuff because there's a million things to unpack. But um, if you have specific questions or you've been testing out the app and you want to share something, uh, please jump up. Let me know. That's what we're here for. Um, and we're just we're just talking peer to peer, private. Uh, uh, the new decentralized ecosystem um, and Keat being launched on mobile finally. Win mobile today. That's when. So um, back to. Um, uh, Matthias, I wanted to ask about, uh, since Paolo brought up contacts and building a social graph, um, uh, one of the things right now is every time you log in on a new device, like I have my Keat on mobile and then I have Keat on desktop, um, and they are quote unquote separate people in my chat, right? Um, how are contacts and the social graph going to be built? Um, what are the plans for I guess, identity, so to speak, um, in Keat. Yeah, also, so it's actually um, super interesting because it's like uh, right now, every device you use with Keat um, basically makes its own identity. By identity, we just mean like, you know, it's a key pair that is used to identify you. That's, you know, how I do trust and when you share these links, it's actually invites that adds your identity to a room. So, you know, only people in the room can, can see your data and stuff. And uh, like our technology, Hypercore is very um, device-based. So you have like a single Hypercore per per device and that's what makes it really simple and really scalable. Um, so it, it like, sounds like a limitation, but it's actually a massive feature. Um, so right now, when you log in on and when you use uh, Keep Mobile, uh, you get a new uh, uh, 
mobile identity that's actually not connected to your desktop identity and that's when you use it you should put in your username again there because username in a peer-to-peer -peer world is you can still have a username but it's just local metadata identifying you and you can put in an, an avatar and it actually works <laughs> surprisingly well even though it's like doesn't you know bear anything because then you'll put in a, a similar picture and stuff um what's cool about this is actually this model um scales really well because you can have tons of devices and uh, it's also like pretty private because you don't have to link devices together we're working on an identity system where you can optionally link devices together after the fact as well so you know you can have your phone you can use it separately but you can be like actually i want to have my phone and my desktop kind of like be associated uh, so you can pair them uh, with the underlying identity that says this is the same person or organization even if you, you wanted to so like if you update your avatar in one place uh, it would gossip to your to your phone and stuff like that um, and you know with a very simple parent flow where you would you know scan a qr code on your on your um, on your desktop or or, or put in a couple of words for, for some quick pairing so super simple stuff but i think it's actually super cool because it's like it's, it's super simple and it's just an expansion of what we have and our model that we have right now it's insanely flexible it can be really private because you can also just never put in any metadata about yourself and you can just have all the private sessions you want um but then uh, with this optionality of like uh, linking together and oh and by the way like the technology we're working on for this linking up devices is completely optional and also uh we'll work in a way where you can totally still use your your devices uncoupled so I can be in a room and not disclose to anybody who I am, who I am meeting here, like what other devices I have. Then at some any point in time, be like, oh, actually, I want to disclose it. The technology totally supports that. So it's super, super flexible. Uh, and I think flexibility is actually what we really want in a fully peer-to-peer -peer and also just modern system. Because like there's times when I use apps, like when I use it with, I have a family room where I talk to my family now on Keith, now we have mobile. I want to be super non-private there, obviously, because we <laughs> already know each other. Uh, so it's not, not really much I can hide. So, and then there's rooms where I'm, I'm a very public persona where I want to obviously be more more of a private person. Um, so, so I think flexibility is the name of the game here, and that's that's what we're putting in, and also simplicity. Gotcha. When you're talking about like your private version, you're talking about your OnlyFans, right, Matthias? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of, one of many. <laughs> one of many. It's so many only things. Uh, it, it, doesn't get, it, it doesn't get a lot of Which accounting are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. um, so uh, uh, one of the things that I, I, it's funny, I'm excited about slash tags and being able to associate devices with a single quote unquote identity. But it's funny that just using it this way has actually gotten there's something i actually kind of like about the fact that each device is its own user like i i just i still just list them or i uh, just put my name in them but i can specifically denote out that like i've had my linux machine join the room you know um i don't i don't know why but i, I love that you're not actually regardless whether or not you're identifying that this is my other device or I'm just, uh, maybe I want to privately add my Linux and I don't really care that, yeah. or want to, I don't know why I wouldn't, but want anyone to know that that's my Linux machine that's seeding it. Um, but I have that optionality, like you said, like it's, it's my choice whether or not I want to reveal that. Um, but even associating multiple public keys, like multiple devices with um, the same quote unquote ID, one of the 
really great things about that that I've seen in like a couple other projects or a couple other things that I don't like is you don't have to punch in your private key like into another device. You know, your private key is generated specific to that device and then you basically grant it permissions and or revoke it from your ID. So if I've got like a desktop, I've got mobile, I've got my iPad or something like that, everything has its own device key. And then if like my iPhone is stolen, I just go back to either my slash tag, like my main key, or I go to my iPad and my laptop and I just say, this iPhone is no longer trustworthy. I just, I just unassociate it with me because I don't know, and the key's just no, no good anymore. Um, but that's an interesting way to solve the, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to put your key at risk because you're just associating keys and everything has its own key. And I, don't, I thought that was really an elegant way to solve that problem, I guess, without any great headache. You know, it's just kind of like front end stuff. Yeah, one thing actually, I think it's super interesting you're adding on also, and this is something uh, I talk about with our design team a lot. It's one of the true superpowers of peer-to-peer -peer apps when done well is this like idea that you just install them and that's it. Like that's it. That's not like a prompt that's like, what's your email or like what's your you know phone number and even like if you take away the privacy concerns around that just like the frustration about having a step like i don't install an app to put in my email i install an app to chat um and peer-to-peer -peer is the only thing that can do that because like you say it's just can do this in the background because it's all on device and you can do it after the fact and users can get, just get started immediately um and like i think we're like really quick often to and forget about that, especially on like a, on a mobile app, because it's just so so powerful and it's so uh, like um, user friendly and also especially users like you know uh, parent friendly. Uh, my best way of expressing it, like because parent my parents always have a hard time figuring out like what is what account should I use and then they put in the wrong account and stuff like no you just you just install it that's it like it's how it's how software should be. Yeah, that was one of the big things. Is I'm always. I've gone through these cycles of like getting my sister-in-law and my wife and my family and my brother. And of course me, me and uh, Jeff are always just kind of doing it randomly on our own. Um, like we, we kind of go down these rabbit holes of finding like our favorite apps. But one of the things that I constantly do is I make my family download the new secure thing that's better than the last thing. And it's always like a headache. You know, it's always like an added frustration or whatever. Like, I like make them use the signal, and it's like, okay, so I have to do something other than messages. Fine, how do I do it? And it's always, you no, know, it's always reluctant, but they do it. Um, they put up with me. And on this one, I was getting my sister-in-law in a Bitcoin Audible group that we had on Keat, and uh, I was like, I got a new one. All right, guys, and this is this is it. This is this is the final one. We're going to be using this one. And she's like, oh, God, fine. How do I do it? And uh, uh, she downloaded, I said, just go to this uh, website, you know, download the app. And here's the link. And she punched it in. She was in the room. And we were like in it. And she was like, that's it? I was like, that's it. She's like, I don't have to sign up. Like, what? And there was, there was nothing. Like, it, it took, I don't know. 20 seconds maybe 25 seconds like there was no setup of any sort um and she was just like oh okay well yeah sure we can use this i'll, I'll do this um and it was so funny because like she's 
not technically inclined, and she hates like digging into all this stuff. But now, now we have a peer-to-peer option, and and we use it. Like I have, like that's our chat room for, you know, working on some Bitcoin Audible projects. And uh, she doesn't, she doesn't configure anything. She doesn't have to know or care about any of it. It just works. You know, the sad part, the the sad reason why this is the case, right? While you know we are rediscovering the fact that we don't need all that. Uh, added complexities just because someone else has to has and had to make a ton of money out of our data. So, you know, they they give us, they deliver us a much worse user experience. So just so that uh, from that experience, they can start collecting from your email, they can start already pairing you with a ton of information that can they can connect collect uh, somewhere else. And then you start sharing data and more and more with them and so on and so forth. So actually all this, all all this frustration, everything that we lived uh, through so far was not necessary, right? It was just a kind of a big lie told in order to convince us to give up our data in order uh, for in, in to get a service. But, you know, we are proving today that was not necessary at all. Um, and uh, I, I'm, that is one of the things, at least from the phys- philosophical point of view, I find more exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's ones I was going through the... Uh, Twitter feed, um, looking for like questions or anything, because I know a bunch of people posted some things, but, uh, somebody made a comment that I just thought was so indicative of how crazy the, the just peer to peer nature of this is, because I've tried to share things in the audio knots telegram group. And then, you know, I drop stuff in there and it's like spinny wheel and loads and something. I drop like, you know, just an example of like my video intro or something. And I like, I'm working on like an animation like meme thing and i'm just trying to get people's thoughts on it and it takes it takes like a chunk of change you know like especially like i exported in like 1080p or something and it's like 150 megabytes um and uh this person uh angelos posted says i just dragged a movie from my desktop to my phone and in less than five seconds i was watching it thank you um and that's been one of the craziest things is the instantaneous nature of media when i drop it in keat because i'm i'm watching it directly off of the computer i'm watching it directly off of my desktop um machine and so i'm not uploading it to a server and then downloading it and watching it like it's already the computer i'm talking to is is my server the one who is sharing it with uh, sharing it with me um and it's like a second it's like basically instantaneous um and it's going to be crazy to see the benefits that you can get from the way this is made i feel like there's just kind of this little whole world to take advantage of Imagine, so we, we talk a lot in the Bitcoin space about, you know, this concept of, uh, you know, improving or, or keeping stable the uh, electrical grid, right? Because, uh, well, all, all the reasons we, we know and so on. But um, I think imagine in uh, countries like El Salvador, where you don't have, um, you don't have, um, uh, you know, a centralized infrastructure, you don't have a data center or in Africa where the internet is extremely scattered and so on and so forth, right? So you have... In many areas of the world, the internet infrastructure is still lagging behind a lot. So imagine how much costs 
for the internet infrastructure to do all to handle all these voice calls, video calls, text messaging, you know, data file sharing that for no reason has to travel dozens of miles. How you can improve so you can really save all a ton of bandwidth that is um, that is uh, going through you know these huge switches in uh, in uh, on these ISPs because these and then shipped uh, you know internationally and then shipped back just because you your system will find the shortest path your kit your hole punch app will find the shortest path to your to the person you want to talk to so also from a pure macro in um, internet infrastructure point of view, this is going to be a game changer. And, you know, really imagine how much waste we produce in trying to improve the internet infrastructure when we are just, we keep not optimizing it when we have a way to com- probably save 90% of of, uh, of the traffic that it gets shipped globally or internationally just because we don't need to. So to me, that is something that when when it clicks to you, you can really see a future where you can also countries potentially can save a ton of money, right? In 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 this sense, because the the, the exact um, existing infrastructure is already more than enough capable to to supply a growing demand. It's just that the growing demand is traveling thousands of miles when it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how redundant your simply to establish connection like that's its only job but you're basically doubling or tripling bandwidth necessary in order to run a service because you're using a centralized uh, a third party to host everything or to do, take everything in and then refeed it back out to everyone else marcus what is up man welcome to the stage hey what's up guys thanks for having me on yeah and congratulations on the on the mobile app launch of course I'll try and keep it short, right? Because I'm not that technical as you guys. And oftentimes I get a little bit intimidated when it gets like real technical and stuff. But what I'm trying to figure out is like one of the major features is that it it's like that peer-to-peer and the, the, the path the data travels is really short. Like how does the app know that my other device is like in the same room? How does that connection or that path get established? I'm trying to paint a picture for myself to explain to like other new friends like, that it's not traveling through some big um, centralized exchange somewhere across the world and then sent back across the ocean. So how should I picture, like, how does my phone know the shortest path to connect to my desktop, for instance? Thanks. Uh, yeah, I can answer a quick question. Um, it's obviously extremely essential to everything we do, like uh, fast end-to-end uh, uh, encrypted uh, and also peer-to-peer connections because, like, you know, one thing would be, you know, like you're saying, connections traveling through data centers, but also just the cost of that would mean that we would have to pay a massive bill every time somebody shared a, a big file. We obviously don't want to do that. Uh, anyways, uh, so we use something called uh, a DHT, and it's not, that's not to try to be like technical, it's just like that's what it's called. It's basically, just like imagine like a big uh, group of computers that anybody can join. You can uh, set up a, a node also. Uh, most decentralized projects use this. Um, that's just for routing. Uh, routing here just means that if you have a little bit of data, uh, like a public key, um, you can put a little bit of data into this DST, and this is like all the computers, um, everybody hosting a little bit of it, and then you can efficiently find um, uh, who put that up there, this metadata. 
Um, so the way Keyed key works is that, um, you know, we all have these identity. When we say identities, we just mean key pairs that are like a secret key and a public key. Um, your app will put a little bit of data into this DHT saying, I am this public key. So if other people know this public key, they can try to connect to you by querying this DHT. Um, and then um, we'll do that by exchanging a little bit of info that then helps you find the shortest path to you. And shortest path there is like, <clears throat> you can, um, like your different addresses and stuff. And the, it could be local network and it'll be the internet network. And then it uses a bunch of techniques called hole punching to punch a, a hole directly to you. So everything goes directly to you. Um, like this DST is like something that was also used in, in, uh, in BitTorrent, very battle tested in BitTorrent. I think when BitTorrent was the biggest, their DST had 20, 30 million nodes in it. So like really massive. So these algorithms are very battle tested and very scalable. We actually use the same kind of DST that, that BitTorrent does. Uh, and the only tricky part about DST is that you need to join it the first time somehow. So uh, we run a couple of nodes that access the intro nodes, but any node can do. And, you don't have to use those nodes if you don't want to. And we're working on a way where every time you share a link, you share more more nodes so you can uh, you, um, don't have to get introduced the first time you boot that by hours. But it's not really, um, it's just like telling you all the, all the nodes in the DHT. It's very, very small and simple. Uh, so that's 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 the <laughs> trick. Trying not to be technical, but probably very technical TLDR. Uh, uh, I hope that makes it uh, Make more sense. Yeah, I I appreciate the attempt. I think it's a little bit too technical for me still to explain to my uh, to my colleagues or whatever. But um, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for trying to answer the question. It's kind of like it's kind of like, it's kind of like imagine. It's actually kind of funny because it's like your devices can do this. It's kind of like it's a really simple thing, right? It's kind of like if your device is next to another device, they can totally connect to each other on your local network. It's just really hard for our devices to communicate how to do this, and then. If they can communicate that they are on the same network, for example, then it's easy. But if they're not on the same network, but like in the, you know, if it's on your your neighbor and you, um, then that's also a very short path to it. Uh, and then the problem is just that your phone and your computer and your ISP tries really hard to not make this happen. They really want you to go to data centers because your ISP doesn't like peer-to-peer uh, -peer traffic because it's <laughs> they just lose money on it. And we just uh, do a bunch of techniques that makes that work anyway. So we kind of just like undoing all that work uh, in these like uh, cool established ways. So it's actually very simple. It's just, uh, and it's, I like, I say this all the time, but it's like how network is, should work. And the plus side of this is that you cannot make these connections between devices without end-to-end -end encryption. So it's like, because that's how you do security. So you cannot do anything that's unencrypted in these networks. So it's kind of like you cannot turn it off because then it just doesn't work. So that's the additional super cool part. Yeah. All right. Now, now you're explaining it to me in a language I can understand. Thanks so much. I'm going to jump back down, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Marcus. Um, yeah, that was uh, that's one of the interesting things. Uh, and Matthias, you said that the you can't remove the encryption because the encryption is how you identify users. Like like it's it's built in. Like they are, they're dependent on each other. It doesn't work without the encryption because that is the mechanism. Uh, Marcus, if I had to, if I was like trying to super simplify it to explain it to somebody who had no idea how computers work, um, is, you know, usually I'm connecting to, like if we wanted to talk, like if we wanted to share uh, messages or whatever on an uh, Android phone, I'm connecting to Google 
and you're connecting to Google and Google is just taking my message and giving it to you. But we're going through Google in all of these instances. And the reason is, is because nobody can find my phone on the internet at large, but Google has google.com. Like they, they're publicly available and they have an explicit place to go to connect to Google. This is basically just an alternative uh, connection method that just has the instructions on how to find the individual device. So rather than connecting to Google to find you, I just connect directly to you because you already gave me the instructions on how to find you on the internet. Um, so it's maybe maybe that's a slightly <laughs> slightly simpler. I don't know. Um, it always seems to get complicated when you try to break it down, but. Um, it's, it's interesting from the context of BitTorrent because, uh, and I wanted to actually ask about something you said, Matthias, is that you said that when BitTorrent got, cause it uses the same DHT is what it's referred to, but it's the same mechanism of figuring out where people are on the internet. P uh, people are on this network, on the BitTorrent network or the, in this instance, the Keat or a, a hole punch network. Um, but you said that there were like 20 to 30 million nodes on the BitTorrent network at one point. Are those nodes running the DHT? Or did you mean in the DHT? Like, like. So, yeah, so there is actually, when you run a DHT, there's no difference between being in it normally and running it. You're doing both. And also, and the cool thing about DHTs, they also have a lot of drawbacks when people try to use them outside. Um, routing they're really good for routing and they're very bad for everything else um they're extremely resource efficient so basically you can run them on a potato and they take no bandwidth and they take no compute power and they take extremely little um network traffic also like we're talking you know kilobytes because the only thing the only job is like sending a little bit of data to you about uh, a record so also means that you know their use cases is outside like i just said like basically finding somebody by an identifier that's 30 bytes. That's what they do. And that's what they do really well. Um, so it's super exciting to know. Yeah, but like, the, and the cool thing about a DHT, I think is like the resilient aspect because basically to kill a network, you have to kill it. It's DHT. Um, and it doesn't even kill the network. It just means that it's offline for a little bit. And so in BitTorrent, that's why BitTorrent just kept staying alive was like you had to turn off 20 million computers at the same time, which is the same as saying, yeah, good luck with it. <laughs> it's the same as saying, cry hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I love about, I don't need to hijack this, but like, if you ever want to think about like, you know, every, every time you read a paper or hear about technology, or like, you know, I was talking about it now, we're like, this is resilient because blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, something like BitTorrent was resilient because there was billions of dollars trying to shut it down and they couldn't. So it's like, you don't need better advertising than that. Yeah. Yeah. that's a good point. Um, so when you talk about though, like there's no difference between getting the DHT and hosting the DHT or so, so, so to speak, um, uh, that, you know, just like anybody having like a torrent or whatever, they're automatically seeding it. Is that the case with the DHT right now on Keat um, or Hull Punch, I guess? Uh, yeah, we use it, and you know, obviously, like twenty years have passed, and there's more techniques now, so we use a little bit more of a, a varied approach, just because uh, networks are also a little bit more varied today. Like, 
um, you don't want to run DST on phones because they turn off all the time and you want them to be online. But like basically, yeah, TLDR is yes. Um, and nothing is really lost from it other than that you're helping the network. Awesome. Basically, okay. if a node becomes stable, if some, for example, if imagine your kit desktop becomes stable, it's considered stable by the network, you should be eligible to start um, storing portion of the DHT, right? So that that's that's the goal. If you don't do that, then eventually you will end up in a relay world where um, basically it could be subject to more uh, easier attacks. Okay, interesting. See, I, did, I thought there was going to be, I guess it just makes sense that most of this would just kind of go to the background, but I guess I was a little bit uncertain. I thought I was going to have like some thing where one day I was going to turn on like, oh, host the DHT. But I guess it kind of crazy that i don't have to do that like that will just kind of be a part of the thing. yeah because it's kind of like it would confuse you more than and based on the cost like we're literally talking probably like kilobytes on, on a day of time, yeah so it's kind of like it doesn't matter and like it's, but you're it's just uh, helping resilience and like power set so um yeah so and you are not storing more. like private information well you are not storing people's information about files and uh, their rooms and uh, well you are storing the pairing part of the pairing information in our case, but you are not storing the actual content of the information and being part of the DHT, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we uh, got uh, somebody with a question actually jumped up. What's up? Oh, oh, Pobre, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> oh, drop down. Maybe not. Stage fright. I get it. I get it. You know, we all we all go there. You know, you're ready to speak, and then and then those nerves come up, and you just got to shut down. You got to shut down your internet connection. <laughs> um. Uh, so, one of the things that uh, I wanted to get into that we actually didn't get to talk to in the Bitcoin Audible episode that we just recorded, but uh, uh, one of the many things that I could go for another two hours on was talking about how this is going to be um, integrated into Lightning. Actually, we will come back to that because this is this is easy going to be stuck in my head. Uh, Orange Pilled uh, is trying to jump up here. Got a question. What's up, Orange Pilled? You connected? Oh, hey, I'm in that I'm in that profile picture. What's up with my laser eyes? Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll ask the dumb question. So, I love dumb um, questions. <laughs> I jumped in, um, and so I just want to get this straight. You can create a room, um, and then in order for people to join that room, you have to go basically outside of Keat, share the room invite with somebody, and then they paste that into their side. Uh, so you can then start to do your peer-to-peer -peer chat um, fully encrypted. Is this correct? This is correct. Uh, this is the current state of the art. Of course, there are there are other solutions that you can envision. For example, um, peer-to-peer DNSs and, and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, this is the first version. This is the first iteration. So we are keep building on it, and uh, you know. The, the the foundation is that that huge link, right? Of course, also the link could be shortened, and and there are many other options around. But we like to start from the most pure solution 
and then building on top of it to provide you know bit um, better UX, for example. Okay, so somebody has to share uh, a room invite with you in order for you to get on that. And I think uh, I think I did that once before, but I it was I think it was past the two day limit, and then it was no good anymore. Yeah, I can add the uh, audience yeah, yeah. link and make it like two weeks, so you can jump in and hang out in that room with us. Wrong. So just uh, we're just doing a big push right now, also on just more flexible invites, so you can have a non-expiring invite, or you can have an invite that you cut you to later, or like you know five time use and all this kind of stuff. So that's the cool. That's what I love about doing peer to peer, and like your question also, like these kind of like normal user questions where you're just like, it's not about the technology, it's just about the apps and how we can make the apps better. That's super awesome. Uh, so I'd love to hear that stuff. No, I, I think one, I think one, one, sorry, just uh, to add to your question, one thing I always think about is kind of like, you know how you use your phone um, and we have phone numbers? That's kind of like how the links are for me right now. It's kind of like, you need to know, you need to send phone numbers around and they're not very friendly, but it's, it works and it's like always works. But like that doesn't stop us from having contact books to basically store um, phone numbers and et cetera, et cetera. So like we're kind of thinking the same way. There's going to be a lot of like auxiliary things to help you manage this. And once you're paired, obviously you should be able to make more rooms with the same person without exchanging more info. That's all technically possible. It's just <laughs> lots of stuff to do. Gotcha. No, I, I it, it feels like the uh, the Today Show from like 1994 where we're talking about the at symbol and what all that means. <laughs> No, it, it it really does. And what's cool about this is that you kind of bootstrap a social graph, and then these things can be used for everything else that works with it. So, like a good example is with slash tags. Is like like currently there is no quote unquote in band what you're asking about. There's no in band way to send someone a room because you have to establish communication to to make a connection elsewhere essentially so like i have to send over text message or telegram or whatever to give you the punch link so that you can join the room but then we have a connection on keep now we can just work within the room well there's kind of the same dynamic with slash tags in the big wallet and as tools like that get integrated you're basically building it up and then you do actually have a direct a means of having direct message because you can use Keat to talk directly to somebody's slash tag. Um, so it becomes a contact list sort of foundation that now every single continual, every new app that is built on top of this, um, everything on top of the whole punch platform now works with that contact list rather than creating a separate network and a separate contact list like Cash App. I can't pay a Cash App contact over like my phone number over venmo like all these things are walled gardens and i have a new network and new contacts and new followers with every stupid thing that i add whereas in this instance it's universal like i have your public key and then suddenly i'll be able to contact you i'll send you bitcoin over bitkit i'll send you a lightning transaction i'll send you a keep message um etc cetera, etc cetera. and anything else that's built on top of this uses the same um, Apollo, you unmuted there for a minute before I went on this ridiculous rant. I was wondering if you had something you wanted to add before I uh, jump in with these questions. Well, um, I was, you know, in terms of utilities and user experience improvements, 
uh, I want to go back to the point where you could actually think about, uh, you know, DNSs, right? So there are ENSs, DNSs, the traditional ones, HNSs. There are so many things also based on blockchain. You could use like the Bitcoin blockchain to store something unless someone is, I'm sure that someone is going to slap me really hard because um, I'm going to say that I'm going to spam Bitcoin and and the block space. But um, independently from that, uh, you know, the using a, DNS solution is also a big decision, right? Or creating an, a new DNS solution is a big decision because you could have uh, a DNS-based quorum like uh, where you have a set of uh, devices that decide what, what is the state of the art and decide who is the right, uh, what is the right resolution to a specific, from, for a specific term into a specific uh, hash and key, right? So you can have, but that, ends up in being again centralized that feels to me not the proper peer-to-peer way having like one single dns that is you know the authority then you can have multiple solutions for example you can have multiple dns's but what if your friends your social network is your own dns right so you create a subjective dns and so there are some there's so much to figure out a sort of uh, you know at the beginning and uh, the way i would describe it for the less technical people is at the beginning of uh, Google came up with this algorithm. You no, know, the reason why Google was better in uh, in uh, searching and indexing the web, it came up with this algorithm or starting using heavily this algorithm called PageRank, where basically the concept it was that something is more um, popular or should be sorted first, just because if they have more uh, more links are pointing to it, right? So that is really hard in a huge context where you have a global shared network because it's subject to attacks and you know civil attacks and so on but instead in a small in your smaller group in a smaller group is something that is still viable and can be used of course with certain weights based on your friendship and a number of connections pointed to some to a source and something like that right so is what we're trying to do is never fall in the temptation of going back to having some sort of a centralized uh even decentralized but quote-unquote still centralized solution and we always think peer-to-peer all the way so that's why yes you have still for the moment to copy and paste that link somewhere else to get the initial contact but then otherwise we are planning to ha- we have big projects around uh, this to, to nail down this this issue in the way that feel complementary to the entire whole punch ecosystem dude thanks orange build um hopefully one of those many things covered the the thing you were you were looking for um uh, i'm going to uh uh push you down back into thing but if you have another question let me know um we'll we'll still be hanging out here for a while i'm going over to uh uh bitcoin news what is up man welcome to the stage hey can you hear me guy yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah, great to see Keat live. I have installed the um, the beta on my Linux for, for a longer time. So my question is, uh, again, also a beginner question, probably like not that technical, uh, but maybe other people can feel me. <laughs> so I don't know if that was asked before also, uh, but could you maybe, maybe Paolo or someone technical could, could compare that to Noster? Like, it seems like Keat is more focused on, on video calls and stuff. Um, is there any relationship between the two? So um, 
Noster uh, started from um, you know the social, pure social aspect. I mean, and I'm happy to stand corrected, right? So because I you know I investigate and I uh, read about Noster, uh, but of course if there is someone that's, uh, um, that have uh, can contradict what I'm saying, I'm always happy to you know to to learn more. Um, Noster started from social and started from um, from the concept of uh, making Twitter decentralized. Uh, at the same time, making sure that your data, as you know, your quote unquote tweets, would remain available even when you go offline. That is similar to the discussion that we had before. How you you know you chat with your friends, you send a message, but uh, if uh, then you go offline and your friend is not online on Keith, how you, your friend can get that message uh, delivered to him. So Noster started with uh, adding as part of the protocol uh, relays that are you know, sort of centralized um, servers that anyone can run um, that uh, keep your data fresh and make your data available. Uh, with Keith instead, and with Hole Punch, we started from the assumption that you need always to start to connect directly with the people you want to talk to and share the information. Then, of course, also Keith and Hole Punch, especially when with mobile phones, have the issue of maintaining your data fresh and, ava and available when your um, when your phone, for example, is uh, is offline. And so, our approach, because we feel like is more um, is more uh, peer to peer uh, as an approach, is having possibly your friends and your contact list being able to blindly forward your data to uh, the people in the room that uh, are waiting for your data or seeking your data. So your friends cannot peek in your data, cannot access your data. The friends that are relaying your data cannot peek in uh, your data, cannot access your data, but still they can blindly forward this data to the people that, uh, that are allowed to access your data because they are part of the same room. So it's a two different models. Um, Noster um, is is definitely getting ton of traction. I love what the uh, the guys are doing. Um, in our case, it's a little bit more complex the the, the path we are taking because uh, it's uh, a little bit less direct and required to build um, you know a lot of um, uh, additional uh, sugar on top of um, the direct peer to peer messaging that we are building so far. But you can imagine like. Uh, uh, in the case of Keith, you can build a new way of uh, doing social networks where you can have, um, you know, every, you can have, uh, since all the data is actually based on hypercourse, you can have uh, tens of social networks that are maybe, you know, uh, you know, one for people that like cooking, one for people that like um, education, one for, you know, anything that are like topic based or uh, local Based like city-based social networks, school-based social networks, and so on, right? But they all share the same protocol, so they can eventually interact with each other, and data can be shared across each other. But even more importantly, the 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 thing, even thinking about social networks, the way the big difference, um, um thinking about uh, you know how I would build or how we and in Whole Punch would build a social network based on Keith is actually having created a social graph to start, and so you are actually imagining that the social network or public you know, uh, timeline uh, of uh, like public Twitter timeline is actually a kit room where you can give access to anyone 
or you can filter the axis still, or you can just say my direct contacts plus the first hop, uh, and so first and direct contacts level can access to my data, can see my public data, and so on, right? So, and you still use your friends to amplify, to, to make your data more available. In this way, you create, you don't need to have to select a fixed number of relays where, like in Noster, where your data gets get stored onto, but you are actually having your friends beaming out your data and keeping it fresh, but still in a blinded format, so that you are you get the in my opinion the the the, the highest level of resiliency because there is no one can so is impossible to target the relays because in our case the relays are actually your friends and peers and uh, you know can be anyone on the internet so you go back to the BitTorrent example where it gets almost impossible to shut down just because basically everyone can relay data rather than just and Everyone can relay data, but uh, you can choose who can relay data because it's your content list and the people more active in your content list. Uh, I hope you, I didn't make more confusion than un, rather than answer your questions. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. I just uh, opened a group chat for Bitcoin News, uh, pinned it on our uh, profile. So if anyone wants to join the Bitcoin News Keep group, then welcome. Just head over to our Twitter. Sweet. I will jump in. I'll jump in and I'll add my Linux machine. I'll be a, I'll be a seater to help out. <laughs> um uh abdomo welcome you still around yeah welcome yeah i'm here uh first of all thank you for the gift today um my question is uh do you code uh, the mobile apps with native apps or you code it with plus platform like flutter or react second one is uh, when you will open source it is there an uh, SDK or API to connect uh, the whole bunch for uh, mobile apps? Thank you. So <clears throat> the mobile is a mix of a ton of te technologies, uh, like actually mainly a ton of stuff we had to write from scratch because uh, it turns out that everything is made for centralized systems on, on mobiles. But um, so we actually had, a, had to write basically a whole new JS engine from, uh, uh, and JS environment from the, from the beginning, so that was that was, that was fun uh, and challenging. Uh, it's 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 using native rendering actually right now for React Native, but actually just uh, interfacing with our engine, so in a in a very simple way. Um, but it can run with anything. That's the super exciting part. You can use whatever native system you want. So that's super cool. Uh, and um, we actually already open sourced almost everything in December because it's all using the same technology as as desktop. So if you go to our website, uh, holepunch.to, docs.holepunch.to, you'll find in-depth description of everything and all the pieces and how they work. And I, uh, that's also how you can actually interface with the data and stuff like that. So really good way to start. And um, uh, I always say we don't do things that that don't uh, get turned into uh, open source code because we're big believers of, of, of open source. Uh, all of us, we have big presences of, of, on, uh, on GitHub and that's in our DNA. We just want to make sure we have everything correct, like docs and and on all these kinds of things. So it, it always we we take our time making sure everything is polished, and then we release. We don't we just want to dump like here's a bunch of code on people. We want to make sure that there's something to build on. Um, so so that's coming also, obviously. Uh, but um, uh, check out the doc side. It's like almost all of it is already there. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for the questions, both of you guys. 
Um, I wanted to uh, ask about where things are going next. Like, I know this is alpha for Keat right now, and this is, you know, it, feel, it feels like Keat on mobile right now kind of feels like desktop did right when it came out. Um, and uh, uh, which is exciting because I've watched desktop evolve and get super fast and like crazy responsive. And I have been loving, I'm, I'm a bit of a desktop jump junkie. So like, I know a lot of people only do chats and stuff on mobile, but I actually find myself using desktop more than anything. Um, but, um, on that, um, uh, what is kind of in the plan for the whole punch platform? Because, you know, you've, you've kind of built this underlying thing but uh, I feel like hole punch is kind of the thing that like when I go to the website, like, like, is there, is, is this the hole punch platform? Like, is, is it going to be visually something different or is it just this kind of back end? I was kind of curious what the vision for hole punch is. Like, is it going to be a freaking app store? Like, <laughs> I'm just kind of curious what the, what it's going to look like, like how I'm going to relate to it as a user. It's like, uh, and Paolo, feel free to drop in here uh, also because uh, all punch is a little bit of everything, obviously. Uh, but um, it's primarily, <laughs> and the guy, I take a little bit of offense of your just. I don't, I don't know if you don't mean it that way, but it's like, uh, it's like, it's it's the thing that runs everything. It's this like incredibly powerful um, um, runtime that runs your JS and makes sure that these P2P capabilities work in a way where uh, you just focus on building the app. Um, so, like, it's 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 uh, it's both the thing that, that makes sure your apps run on desktop. It's also helping you um, ship apps because that's really complicated on desktop, and the, there's no good environments for just shipping apps. So, like, you just run, you just write your your JavaScript and, and your UI code, and then you use the platform tools. And there's like a CLI and stuff to, to bundle it up and ship it. On mobile, it's a little bit different because you have to go through app stores for now. Uh, who knows how that's going to change in the future? But there, it's the same tooling. It just helps you make the apps and makes make the uh, the things you submit to the to the app stores. Um, but the cool thing is that, uh, and I think this is like turning into be one of the most essential things. It's like you mainly just write the same code uh, once, and then you just write your UI uh, a couple of times for the platforms you want to support, and then and then whole punch allows you to ship that. And then um, again, like, and like whether we call this platform or not, it's like always a little bit tricky, but like we have a ton of modules with all the peer-to-peer infrastructure that helps you make your app the way you want. Again, all open source, all very battle tested, uh, only getting better. Um, link from docs.holepunch.to where you can see how you can make all the crazy um, data structures and databases you need to, and file systems you need to to make an, an app actually run, and that's obviously part of it also. Um, so um, yeah, I know Power. Do you want to add a little bit to that? Also, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and we have um, we have well multiple aspects to this, right? So there is Kit itself as an app. So Kit, uh, both Kit Desktop will have the big rooms uh, and support for recording and uh, the ability to do live stream to tens of thousands of people, potentially millions in the future, using still leveraging on ideas from from BitTorrent. And then you have Kit Mobile is you know has to grow and uh, get all the features that Desktop has. 
But uh, you can imagine, as Matthias was saying, there is the scaffolding for the framework, both headless, so you know, command line and also UI and mobile. But also there are plenty of other applications that could be built on top of it. And um, you know, imagine VPNs like peer-to-peer VPNs, peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer multi-master, you know, Dropbox, where you know you have you you want to mirror one folder entirely from one computer to another and keep it in sync. You you can do that, you know, in your internal network or through internet fully encrypted. Um, that those are all simple low-hanging fruits and simple use cases that we 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 are uh, considering. And though you can like really do, you can build like um, you know a full streaming service and a podcast service, and so you can spin out so many different things from this. But of course, we realize that uh, Hole Punch as a, as also as a company can do not do it at all. So one of the um, ideas we have in mind is actually create a fund. Um, that is well underway that will uh, sponsor uh, and incubate um, um, projects that are building on top of hole punch um, technology uh, and, and pseudonym technology because the um, one of the most important parts that we realize is making sure during the incubation period that you know we can given our passion for peer-to-peer and our you know no compromises um, vision that we have we can guide uh, you know, developers, and we can guide future CEOs of these startups through, you know, to understand why we shouldn't compromise, how you can switch your brain in a new way of building applications to still make money, but avoid um, to have to fall back in the old habit of using centralized infrastructure. So, uh, Basically, in the future is also of uh, of what we have in mind is is creating a fund to 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 help developers building on this uh, on this new technology uh, with no string string attached. Nice. Oh, well, we got more requested. Um, uh, one of the things on the idea of hole punch, just so I can get my uh, make sure I have my visualization correct. This is. Hole punch isn't going to be something that I interact with directly, like in a GUI sense. Like I'm, it's not like an interface. It is simply, it is literally just the thing that I don't see that runs everything, right? Like hole punch isn't going to have like a front end, so to speak. Like Keat is the front end for hole punch. <laughs> well, not not necessarily, right? So when you in on desktop, when you open the application the first time, right? So there is the, that bar with hole punch. And there is the, the bar that is loading. So actually, hole punch is also, you know, the way is the runner. So is is the scaffolding also from the UI perspective that is running? Is the runtime that then downloads, for example, Kit and execute Kits? Let's say that we create an, a replacement of Dropbox. You will see another application similar to Kit. You run it. There will be the hole punch runner uh, that will basically download the last latest updates of 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 um, of the Dropbox replacement through the swarm, so through all the other peers, and then you get your application. Or we could have like a generalized store. Imagine that we launch a desktop store where you can actually see a list of applications that are being published through you know, the whole punch network, and you can decide which download and run directly in, in, the, in the same application, the same, same runtime. Gotcha, okay. Um, and I wanna, I wanna say, I don't know if SS jumped back in here, but where there we the, go. We're back. the spot in the what's up, Shay? 
or uh, up, Shai, um, uh, SS jumped up there with you, and where the add as speaker button was, it had removed, like the list was changed on me, and I totally just kicked them from the room instead of making them a speaker. I feel really bad and I can't find them. But anyway, uh, we will go to you. What's up? Alright, uh, hey guys. Um, Paul, so my question is um, for a person who sent a message to somebody who is offline, let's say, uh, how will that message get delivered to the other person, assuming the original sender also goes offline? Um, because I know if you're going to be propagating that message through your friends, um, the amount of messages being propagated, like that storage space will go up. So how do you manage that? So, um, I didn't mean to jump over, take your problem, but just issue close to my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, so first of all, there's no magic. Uh, somebody has to be there to relay it for you. We're not, we are, we're not relaying it for you. Um, so um, you do, or one of your friends have to. And uh, we talked a little bit about blind mirroring earlier in the call, also where technique where anybody can do it without reading it, and that's that we're working on. But basically, I think one of the things that is uh, sometimes easy to forget is that we tend to think about um, storing data from each other as this like append-only thing. And we make it even more confusing because when we talk about peer-to-peer, -peer, we talk about append-only logs. But basically, uh, what's really cool about the peer-to-peer -peer data structures is that there's nothing stopping you from putting a cap on it saying, I only want to relay the last, say, 10 megabytes from my friends. Um, like the last, not like 10 minutes and stop, but like a rolling window that's like the last 10 megabytes. And if you think about that in terms of like chat messages, that's like tons of data. Uh, and like maybe you don't want to relay media or maybe you want to have a different cap for media and stuff like that. Um, so that's how you can do it. And that's like already supported by the technology and we use this techniques already. Uh, so basically, I don't know if you used uh, Keep Desktop, but there's already a feature called um, where you can like clear uh, media files in there if you want to from your local machine. That's basically the same way that works. You can just clear it in place. So super, super efficient and super simple. So there's a possibility that messages, uh, trying to retrieve old messages, uh, that, that it'll be lost one day because the, the relayers who were originally there at the time just aren't there anymore. Well, but if you get back online, for example, you will, let's say, so, Let's say that you go offline and your friend is offline. Um, so then your friend becomes online and uh, eventually all your friends that should have been relaying your data or portion of them that were uh, elected to relay your data decided to forget your data. If you go back online, you can still, so you can still decide to advertise and republish your data because the data is not lost. It's sitting on your computer, right? So uh, you have the data. And so you just need to be able, because you have a copy of your data on your local hard drive. So then you can decide. So it's almost a way to keep it fresh uh, un until you get back online. So uh, it's not like uh, you forget the data as soon as you deliver it to someone else. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, thank you. It's... Particularly with like the relaying or the keeping like the 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 chat, the tip of the chat, like the most recent messages um, able to be relayed um, is 
really kind of like the main purpose or the main uh, challenge for blind forwarding, because as soon as you've entered the chat room and seen the old message, you have it. So like maybe somebody isn't hosting the entire room at some point in the future, but if it's a message you have or that you've read or a message that your friend has read, both of you have that message. Um, You don't need the relay for that information anymore unless you deleted it. Um, And then you can just get it from your friend. And if you both deleted it, it's because neither one of you needed it anymore. Um, But uh, one of the things that, Matthias, you said um, that I thought was really interesting was just that, and maybe I'm, I want to actually clarify this, is so you can basically by media type decide whether or not you host. So like, let's say somebody drops like a bunch of movie files and then messages is, I could say, don't host the movie files and messages. So yeah, obviously when it's blind mirrors, you don't know what it is, but you can set different. Oh, okay. um, Without getting, without getting too technical, um, they're stored in different uh, data logs. So if you just said, so you'll have a, a way of saying no. For um, for something where the other person tells you that this is, by the way, this is my media, you can set different caps. And then for for something where another person is willing to disclose this is like text data, you can set different caps and stuff like that. So it's like very easy to to set. And like obviously, there's a UI challenge in making sure that's super simple and stuff. But like it's definitely doable. And um, and, and um, I think we'll we'll figure out a very nice way of of, of doing all this stuff. Uh, we we tend to. Yeah. Nice. Uh, dude, thank you for your question. Um, I'm going to drop you down here, unless you had something else you wanted to uh, add. Nope, that's all. Uh, thank you so much for the cool. answers, guys. Yeah, man. I had to be very careful this time and make sure I wasn't kicking you out of the room. Um, <laughs> um, so I wanted to uh, get, what are you guys building next with, um, uh, with hole punch, so to speak. I, I know y'all are working on other things. I mean, I don't know what you're uh, basically in the zone of sharing right now, but um, what are future plans? What's What are things looking like right now with hole punch and key and like how we are expanding and changing in the future here? So, I mean, what, what I love about working uh, uh, with Hope Punch and working with Paul, it's like we actually share everything all the time. So uh, <laughs> it's always really easy. But uh, basically, obviously, there's like, we you know, we just launched mobile today, but um, we, it's just the beginning. And it's like, um, there's tons of stuff ahead of us to, you know, let's, let's face it, like bring mobile up to pair with desktop, uh, making sure, you know, we fix. All the blocks, but also having the missing features like uh, mobile, sorry, video and lightning support, uh, notifications. This whole stuff we're, we're, we're in progress, and obviously that's uh, exciting and essential. We have a bunch of like super interesting stuff just also in the pipeline for crazy features like um, big rooms that we talk about a lot. Um, we're actually testing that out internally right now, so um, we'll probably have. And, and not so far away future, who knows when, uh, but like where you can have rooms with tens of thousands of users, very scalable, um, super exciting. Uh, super excited about that because, and we talked about this a little bit, Guy, but like one of the great things about hearing how people break 
uh, mobile and keyed. Today is just like they had too many people in their rooms, and I'm like, that's just the best feeling because it's nothing worse than that if there's like no people in the room. So, so that, that that's gonna be awesome, and I'm, I'm I think once that lands, it's gonna bring uh, keyed to a whole new experience, and so that also brings things with it like um, message editing and and uh, emoji reactions and all that stuff is very easy in that engine. So we're just super excited to get that out, uh, and then uh, also things like. Um, more scalable video for live video and 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 uh, being able to do run podcasts on it and stuff like that. It's all all stuff we have on our immediate roadmap. So tons of stuff to do, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of smart people here. I'll, I'll use this chance also to say that we are hiring, and uh, we have a hiring site link from fullpunch.to, and please apply if you want to join our mission. We're like Paolo said, we're super uncompromising. So if you just want to work with peer to peer, this is the place to be, and it's it's super exciting. And so possible positions um, please take a look if anyone is looking to build stuff please build it on hole punch and keat because that's what i want you to build um so so if if you are if you're looking to build something please reach out to them um and actually i'm i'm working on some minor projects on the side too i'm actually looking for uh people i'm working on a slash tags things with uh wordpress um so uh I, I think there's going to be a lot of building on these things. So if you're interested, I would start looking into it and I'm happy to take DMs as well. But uh, obviously reach out to Paolo and Matthias if you're interested in Hole Punch. Uh, Mark, uh, you are up on stage. What is up? You got a question? Yeah, I was wondering what uh, file sharing and copyright infringement uh, detecting capabilities. I know it's peer-to-peer, -peer, so probably none. But what's to prevent me from like getting a room full of 10,000 people and just airdropping a, a new Kanye West album. So the, the interesting part there is that, you know, you, you said it yourself, you create a room and you are dropping it in the room yourself. So this is an action that you are doing yourself, right? So it's your own responsibility. Technology is like uh, blaming Bitcoin for, you know, someone using it for some illicit purpose. You, we build a technology that uh, is for most of it is uh, is open source, and uh, you know people are going to use it, um, hopefully in a legitimate way. Uh, but this technology never has fault. Mm -hmm. But if I'm anonymous, there's like no way to potentially, you know, uh, send me a an infringement letter or uh, I don't know, slap my hands or ban me off something. Well, you know, it depends on, uh, you know, you, you might leak data, you might leak yourself eventually. So it's outside of the scope of Keith, right? So, you know, I, I'm not a lawyer as well. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, I shouldn't, no one shouldn't advise you on how to do that. <laughs> I would say, I would say <laughs> it's basically the exact same relationship as BitTorrent. You know, if your ISP was like, was Bit, well, except for the fact that you have the benefit of encryption. Um, so, like, if you're hosting something on BitTorrent, your ISP can go after you. Like, uh, like I may or may not have gotten a letter from AT and T at one point um, in relation to such things. Um, but uh, <laughs> in that sense, you are still doing it peer to peer, and you are sharing it directly from your computer. So there is 
metadata and network information that people can acquire. But, you know, if you, you and I are talking, like nobody can read our conversation over like key. Right. So. Okay. Thank you. It, it, it's imagine that you have a big room in WhatsApp and you encryptify, you tr throw it in there. I mean, there is still no way for, you know, it's uh, you are still leaking your your IP address to WhatsApp, but it's you that you are taking um, taking that step. So you know, the, I think that the entire thing about the internet is that you know, everyone is responsible of what they are doing. Internet is like a transport technology, and that's basically key. It is just a layer and a layer on top of internet. You know, to enable internet has uh, as it should have been in the uh, first instance. Yo, what is up? Welcome to the stage. Yuma, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi you got a question? Yeah, What's up, so man? I have a very small question, which is around the economics of it. Um, so I joined in the space late. I'm just going through the Twitter page. Um, I'm very new here. Maybe this I've been talked about before, but what are the what 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 are the economics look like? For example, you know we know other platforms like these they collect data and then they sell out the data, or you know that's how they earn the revenue. But what's what's the revenue model for Keith? If if you you know I'm asking this because it says over there you're not collecting any data and stuff. So what 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 does the that's economics look like? That I think is like the the most. Among the most important parts of Keith is that there is no um, revenue model. So there is no way for for the developers of Keith to access any data. There is no way to you know interact with someone else's data. Um, there is no way to monetize someone else's data. So Keith is um, will be soon open source. Everyone can take it, can you know, add features and so on. We will keep maintaining the, let's say, quote-unquote official version. We will develop also a plugin system, so for which people, others, other developers can build, um, you know, use cases can be even uh, build uh, commercial use cases. Imagine a plugin that allows you to, you know, allows you know some bank to onboard uh, to let people. Uh, exchange dollars for for Bitcoin so that you can fill up your your like note your um, and use it in Kit, right? So and you know someone could take a cut out of that transaction and uh, make a business model, or someone can develop a plugin to you know offer created lists of websites uh, like uh, cooking websites, I don't know, uh, or you know create um, you know financial feeds like uh, you know in interesting you know high frequency trading financial feeds and so on you can still buy all this stuff and you can create business models around it but the the core concept of kit is like to be a a ba base layer for all uh, human interactions and devices interactions and you know machine to machine interactions and then uh, we as a, as a company can decide we can figure out like a, a commercial use case and like we can, as I was saying before, we can fund, um, a, you know, a, a startup to build it, right? So, for example, or someone else can do it because, again, it will be fully open source. So anyone can build uh, a plugin and we don't have any control over the network because there is no network. It's just computers that want to talk to each other. They can talk to each other without any middleman whatsoever. So um, the, reason why, uh, the reason why we did all this 
is because we feel that is, um, you know, while Bitcoin brings financial freedom and um, you know, money that uh, and wealth that you can keep under, under due control, there was a big missing piece that was freedom of communications. Um, we uh, brought together um, uh, a great team of developers. We gr uh, brought together um, a company, a group of companies that have the same ethos and we're lucky enough to be working in the Bitcoin space for a while. So, you know, they can... They are in a position to give back to to to, to the Bitcoin space, and uh, hence we that's why we are doing. This doesn't mean that we don't have we we will never build an application that will make money, um, but um, the technology is open, will remain open, will stay open forever. Yeah, that's one of the uh, things that has me most fascinated about how this can actually expand is specifically the economics of it especially when you have like lightning integration and things is that you can host and provide services or apps directly. Like you're not, all you have to do is be able to contact them and you can get, you can get an application from them and you can continually get updates. And there is no reason why you can't put that behind a thousand sat quote unquote paywall to basically access that, that drive or that, that block of data. Um, but like one of the things that's like was so cool it was like a big aha moment for me when I was uh, uh using Keep right when the desktop came out was uh, Matthias was we, we were chatting in the Fresh Peers or the like Keep beginner group whatever you want to call it and um uh, he was like okay we got a update and we fixed loading of the big rooms or something like that and uh, he said it should be working now and I was like wait what. Like there was no, like I didn't download a new app. Like the, the application itself is a feed like anything else. So if I notice that somebody else, like Matthias has published a new information uh, according to his key, um, I am, I have the update on my app. And if Matthias isn't online, I just download it from somebody else who downloaded it. So it has the same persistence, like everybody is a host of the application as much as they are a host of the chat involved in the, in the, uh, the chat in the room. Um, and it was like crazy that like I just, I, I had already downloaded it and it wasn't because I connected to the central server and I said update, it was because it was just like the app was just updated I, I don't know I do, like the fact that i could either get it directly from matthias or from the other users in the chat was just like such a cool thing to me hopefully i explained that well no but my my favorite part that uh, people probably don't realize is that i also just issue those updates from my laptop i get you know we we make that we we build we add it to the hypercore we sign it Designing is obviously the very important part, but it's like we don't even use servers there. We just propagate it from there. And, and obviously we have some some nodes running. And I have one in the office also that seats the app in case everybody's offline. But um, like it's the same tools all the way down. And it's like also just the way we release and do things that's completely revolutionized just our internal flow. So uh, yeah, it's very spot on guy. And I think that's also one of, one of the things that keeps amazing myself. To, just every time we do it, it's just like really cool. Yeah. Dude, thanks for the question. Man. Sounds interesting. I'm going to give it a try as well. Do it. Yeah. 
I will. I will. Guys, Thank I'm sorry, so but I have really to jump off. Thank you, everyone, for party pooper for, for listening. I will let you guys. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, yes. Dude, thank you, Paolo. Thank you for joining us. We kept you for, what, we got an hour and 40 minutes now. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Love the conversation. Thank you all. Bye-bye. All right. Um, uh, we'll keep sticking around here. Matthias, you, you want to go for a little bit longer? What's your, what's your time? Yeah, like? I can do you a good? More. I can do, like, 20, 20 minutes. minutes all right, we'll close this out at, like, yeah. five five ten ish so, Shaif, uh, what's up? You got another question? Yeah, dude. Um, so I realized that there is the iOS version of the app now. So I went and downloaded that, and I realized that you can't bring the same user profile that you have on your desktop onto the mobile device. Uh, is that something that's going to continue to be that way, or is that going to change down the road? Uh, so we already actually we already <laughs> talked in depth about this earlier in the in the in the spaces, but. Basically, uh, every device has their own profile right now. You should set up a new profile uh, again. And yeah, I, 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 I lean into it on my, my phone. I call myself uh, with your profile on it. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but there's uh, obviously uh, more things coming for that where you can associate the devices later on. And, and so you just have to update the profiles one fix and stuff like that. Uh, but it's actually a feature. And I, think it's, I think this is being recorded and I think Guy might be publishing this later. Uh, and we had a very long and in-depth uh, discussion about that earlier. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I think the Keat official over there is recording it, and I missed like the first like eight or nine minutes or so. But I started. I figured out how to get it running on my uh, desktop. Um, so uh, you'll be able to go back to that. But basically, the the short answer is yes. Um, there will be a way to associate multiple devices on the same ID. It's just not right now. Um, uh, let's jump over to uh, Brad. What is up? Hey, hey guys. Uh, I was just thinking about that topic that was just mentioned about automatic updating of the software. Is that is that a good idea as far as security is is concerned? Like, because you could get you know, like like let let's say Matthias' machine gets gets hacked. Then somebody could distribute, you know, bad copies or whatever. Is that is that model good? A good way to distribute software? I mean, you gotta distribute software somehow, and I agree with you that uh, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it wrongly. It's not like updates are just shipping out uh, um, uh, unreviewed or anything like that. It's also we have a we're not fully using it yet, but there's like a multi-sign uh, system in place also, uh, so you can have these tiered. Uh, deployments which is how you do it i think i and this is like um it's a it's obviously it also depends on what kind of developer you are i would say it's there's always a bigger and much also with security bigger security risk about staying on old um software because that's where the issues tend to be and you don't get updates i i always like the way uh, yeah I, I, that's not that that's not the part that i was thinking i was just thinking about like the normal procedure where you like download something from github and you check the you know the the hash of it, and you know, I mean, there's. Well, that's it, it. Just seems like that's what the yeah. system does for you. The system will will check that everything is signed, like it's peer to peer. It's the same way chats propagate. So it's like it's not like the point being that there's one security model for everything, and so the security model for hosting your data. Is the yeah, but the, yeah, but the trusted the trusted entity is well known, right? Like GitHub is well known, and people trust it, so they go there to get that stuff. But if somebody 
you know, if somebody comes on and impersonates Matthias and I think I'm getting, you know, the, a good copy of something and I'm not, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not impersonating. It's not, that's not how it works. You, you, you get the bill from our website and that has the, the seating public key of, of the person who is issuing of the okay. person who are issuing. And that's like, it's fully authenticated. Uh, okay. Okay. Muscle, I, muscle. I, I, I believe that you guys did your did your homework here. I was just. No, but was just... I would I would encourage you, and I, it's a good question. I would encourage you to check out our doc side, docscopebox.to, and how look at Hypercore and how the things work because it's all just Hypercore based, and those public keys that bootstrap the Hypercore is the thing that bootstrap the app. And so, um, uh, check it out, and uh, we all we have a Discord also. Feel free to join in there and ask more questions about that stuff. I love to talk about okay. it. So another question, completely different. I'm curious um, about the funding, like who's backing the the project? Like I read, I think I read something about Bitfinex and maybe Tether. Um, may, maybe I'm confusing you guys with with uh, Hypercore or something, but I'm just curious, like who's funding who's funding the project and kind of like what's the what's the length of your runway, like for you guys to you know develop to your heart's content for the next five years or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, well, Akedan Whole Punch is a um, partnership between Hypercore uh, and Bitfinex and Tether, like you say. Uh, one of the cool things about being in P2P, and we talked about that a little bit in the past, is that uh, we have no operational cost. And so <laughs> I've been in file sharing for many no, years. And I can tell you if you have operational costs, you'll run out of money really, really fast because it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Bitfinex and it's Tether, and are there other entities involved with your financing? Uh, no, it's just that's just those. Okay, are you are you are you okay with saying how much you were you were, uh, you know, you VC funding you guys got total? Uh, we have plenty of runway. There's tons of articles online. I encourage you to look, look for that. Okay. Just, just, we actually, like, just for the We actually time. talked about it in the Bitcoin Audible episode. Um, and Paolo, Paolo mentions yeah. specifically about that. I'll have that posted before the before the night's out. I'm trying to get that out today. Um, so we actually did bring that up. And Brad, actually, to answer your other yeah. question, you talk about like on GitHub is that you have like a hash and you check to make sure it's signed by the developers. Well, the thing is, is that you're trusting right. GitHub to have the correct public key posted, whereas in Hypercore, Matthias is his public key. So I don't even see the information and I wouldn't download it if it wasn't a perfect signature already, because the signature is how I find the information to begin with. So does it work similar to like how like um what do you call it? The 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 feeds from from the torrents, like basically someone posts. Sense, that, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's like it's 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 uh it's it's a series. It's a Merkle tree backlog. Now I'll get really technical. I apologize for that. But sorry not to. Uh, it's a it's a Merkleized lock that is signed by a series of public keys, and you can have like a multi sig system around that. Um, uh, luckily, this is very well. Uh, documented and and uh thank you for the question i want to uh jump over before we run out of time here to opti pessimist and then tc thanks brad hello guys uh hello guys uh, i have a question on the backend side is the tor enabled on that or is it 
and uh, because I'm going through the documentation, uh, I did not see it. So just thought of asking it. It's, it's Torrent Maple, is that what you're asking? Yes, on the backend yeah. side. Uh, well, there's no backend. There's like just uh, front end because it's all peer to peer, uh, just in terms of semantics. And uh, just in case somebody's listening, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, there's no Tor integration directly uh, because uh, if you want to use Tor, you should just enable Tor in your system. I would say it's not really uh, like we're going for a peer to peer, pure peer to peer experience, and we're working on also like privacy relays and stuff like that for when when you want that. Um, which uh, it's actually already really private uh, and uh, you're doing direct connections. So you are exposing your IP, but only to the people you connect to. Um, that's an important part. Um, so uh, if I'm connecting to my family, I don't really care. And then it's a feature and then it's really fast. If I'm connecting to a super random person, and maybe I care and then I would want to use some sort of a relay and that's uh, stuff we're working on. Uh, but, but to answer your question, no, there's no direct tour integration. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, I'm myself a backend developer, and it seemed very interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, it's super. I, I think it's. It. I think it's like uh, as uh, I also have been traditionally developing a lot of backend in the past, and I think peer to peer is super interesting for that whole space because it's full of these uh, hosted services normally that makes development really tricky. I think, and also like very non-portable, and and using peer to peer alternatives just means that your code runs everywhere. So I think that's just super exciting for that. From a coding point of view, uh, and also like if you're interested in that kind of stuff, uh, and it sounds like you already are, but like check out the docs and check out all our building blocks and join our Discord where you have a very very active builder community in there. Yeah, I'm stuff. looking into the GitHub, so whole bunch GitHub, so I will get into it. Thanks a lot. Hey. Huh? Awesome man. Thanks man. Let's jump over to TC. Oh, but do you have something else? Well, let's jump over to TC. If you have something else, um. Uh, a jump back up uh, request to speak. We might still have another minute to shoot for another question. But TC, what's up, man? Hey, guy. Uh, what's up, you guys? I'm super excited about Keat. I just downloaded it this morning and um, joined a conversation with a bunch of other people. I see a few little visual issues, but um, I'm sure you guys are going to um, push updates soon. I'm not uh, stressing off that. I got kind of a noob question and I apologize if you guys have covered this already. I haven't really done my homework as far as looking through the documentation, but I just saw the space and I was hoping you could just give me a quick answer. If <clears throat> I'm connected to a group of people, um, like in a group chat or even in a one-on-one -on -one connection on Keat, can, what, what is the scope of information that they can see about me? Could they potentially see like my IP address or anything else sort of under the hood uh, that that would be potentially identifying information? So um, it's actually a very tie-in well with the question we just had. So when you're connected, because it's directly peer-to-peer, you are disclosing uh, your IP with the people you are connected to uh, because it's directly peer-to-peer. -peer and and, and uh, like I said before, we are working on for people who are interested in that. That you can run a relay or your friend can run a relay or you can run a, a relay yourself somewhere and connect for that to kind of mask it um that's 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 actually the level of things you are disclosing that's it uh, and then uh, you're also disclosing your local cryptographic identifier because that's how you're con connecting to people which like means that keep your minted on your device that has not been associated with you so um was that a, your full question? Uh, but I think it was. 
Yeah, I, I think that answers it. Um, the, the, the key pair that you're talking about, that cryptographic identifier, that's just specific to key. That's not uh, any yeah, information yeah, outside an, of what I set up there. Just, okay. Just an ephemeral. And, and, uh, oh, and to answer your non question, like yeah, the UI bug, I know our uh, mobile team was already working on, and I think we'll have a fix out shortly. So it's always Epic. good to see people, people uh, breaking in. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just overall, I want to just give you guys major props. It's been such a sort of like exciting project to kind of uh, watch you guys lead up to this moment. And and when I was able to download it and actually like create a profile and join a chat this morning, it was it was pretty magical. So congrats to you guys and uh, really love uh, your team. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, and uh, one thing, one way I like to think about like what you're quote unquote leaking. Well, just if anybody has any relationship to BitTorrent, it's the same. You know, you're connecting directly to someone, so you have their IP address. But in that same way, if you're like jumping into a very public room and for some reason you don't, you don't want that to be the case or whatever, you can always, like, you can have a VPN or like, you know, potentially a like he said a relay. Like, have other users that do that for you, um, and you can basically get chat data without actually connecting. You know, you can go through relays, you can go through like other seeders on the network. You might not necessarily connect directly to someone in order to get that information because a bunch of people might have it. Um, but uh, it, I find relating it back to BitTorrent because at least a lot of people seem to have like a relationship to understanding how like the data and connections work on that um, because it does work extremely similarly. Um, and you're kind of leaking the same amount, the same type of information as you would in that other peer-to-peer -peer network. Um, but always recommend a VPN. VPNs are useful, and VPNs are a good extra uh, layer of protection. Um, all right, uh, does anybody, do we have anybody with a last-minute question? Anybody want to jump up? RD, Greg, fuck you, Greg, Yellow. Anybody want to come hang out? Last call. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. Maybe we picked the perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Matthias. Um, guys, uh, just one. Oh, oh, Jeff. Uh, it's my brother. Should I? I should I kick that guy out of here? All right, I'll let him. I'll let him come on before we close this out. Jeff can now speak. Uh oh, yellow. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I have a question for Matthias. Um, where do I upload my uh, JPEG rock? It's all about ordinals now. Do you upload your WhatsApp? No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have a serious question. Do we have um? Do we having a, an upcoming up, update? Uh, a version that we can like uh, delete uh, messages or because of like yeah so, yeah sorry, some good light trolling there I appreciate it um, uh, so we're doing this big update called uh, big rooms that's our big focus right now uh, that will allow deleted messages that's already implemented in it it will allow um, Message editing, obviously, uh, so you can edit a previous message. Um, and uh, uh, we're also, I don't know if we ship with that, but it will allow emoji reactions also. So like the feature used to. Um, so that's shipping in this 
the next big update that we're calling uh, Big Rooms, uh, which will um, also ship for, for desktop. Which also, next a, similar, a similar question I got from Pleb also is like, uh, how about the function that you leave the room and everything uh, uh, connected yours, uh, just delete, could, can still delete it? Yeah. Uh, so we are, so we're, uh, I don't know exactly when, but um, it's very, very close. Uh, we're shipping this feature uh, on desktop where you can search for all your rooms and there you can also clear it, clean, clear out all rooms. Uh, clearing out because the P2P just means reclaiming a little bit of storage, which is why we haven't done it yet. Because like, honestly, the storage it uses, it's, it's, you know, it's peanuts, but uh, it's good to have it just for all of us who likes to keep a tight uh, <laughs> uh, uh, ship. Uh, but that's coming as part of that where you can find all rooms and then uh, permanently delete them. Thanks, Matthias. Again, uh, what an amazing product. Out of Thank nowhere, you. you guys came and it's awesome. Thanks, guys. We actually, Thanks, uh, if you listen to guys, if you listen to guys, uh, uh, episode we just recorded, we talked about how we've been at it for like seven years. So, <laughs> <but>, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what's up? So, so it was not really mentioned yet, but I think this is, I mean, it's maybe it's just obvious, but one of the most exciting things to me is just the fact that this solves the censorship problem. Like if, if every, if peers are storing your, the information that people want to see, then there is, you know, there's no information spreads the way it should it solves the Reddit hug of death problem. You know where everybody wants to see one thing and it disappears um and both of those are really exciting and in my controversial maybe opinion copyright needs to die so you know good if it helps you know make that happen too yeah uh sorry i didn't realize i was on mute i guess it was <laughs> good light rant um i mean i agree with you right Hundred percent that a lot of the the world we live in, and especially like the the a lot of these kind of things are like made from a for a different time where things were very different, and um, I don't have any hopes that there will be any big legal reforms on that anytime soon. So it feels like things are moving in the wrong direction, but like at least technology can can do can do its part and and, and pushing things forward. And um, I'm also uh, super excited about the fact. That peer-to-peer -peer unlocks. Um, so I'm from, I'm from a small country and with a small culture uh, in Denmark, and um, I, I I feel like you say censorship, but I also just feel like every time we centralize social media and centralize everything, small cultures die and just get absorbed by like uh, big ones, and everything has to follow the same mindset, and there's no space for actual. <laughs> Diversity, which is kind of ironic, um, and everything has just had to be the same old boring. I think peer to peer solves that because it's kind of like moving the needle back to how it should be with like tons of different networks where uh, people can be different uh, and then you can interact also uh, together like we're doing now. Uh, and um, but it doesn't have to be all the same thing. And I think that's super exciting. And I think that's like no way any centralized system will ever solve that uh, because none, none have, none have. So I don't see how that. It's like fundamental uh, to the technology. So, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Like, that's, that's one of the, and I also think that's why there's so much pressure right now for solutions like this. And it's a little bit serendipitous that these things are 
being built and released and adopted at the time when they are most needed. It's like, uh, you know, cause and effect, like <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a circle is uh, these things kind of grow and mature when the pressure is needed, when, when it's so clear that the problem is very, very present. Um, but uh, there's, I wanted to ask one more question just because I told Peter, he was apparently trying to request and couldn't get up here. Um, it's a little bit related to something we did, uh, talked about a little while ago, but it just said, instead of when you're, when you're blind forwarding um, to other peers, is will there be another way outside of just setting like a straight threshold um, of like this many megabytes or this many gigabytes or something? Would there be another way to set a threshold for a specific chat? He says, so like for one example, I could use one chat where I could keep the entire history forever, where another chat, I might only want to retain the last half year or you know, the last hundred days or something like that. Um, is that, are you planning on that sort of optionality? I know that's obviously possible in hole punch and anybody could code that, but is that specifically something that might be in Keith's future? Yeah, I think that's also essential, honestly, like being able to, that's also really, I always like to think about, because everything is possible and like technology wise, it's not this is really hard. It's just all honestly UI complexity, which is like really important. I don't know why I left because if people don't understand it, then then we're back at like, it's just only for nerds and it's <laughs> very important for us that it's for everybody. But like something like, you can imagine just a simple check mark on a room that's like mirror this room forever. Super simple, right? And then it's just a matter of that we have a way doing that also where you can get a special link out that is like the blind mirror link for a room that's like um, paste in this in your key and it gives you the option to blind mirror this room forever. So you can't see it, but you can still mirror it. And then when you get that dialogue, you can kind of configure your your settings. But but yeah, definitely. I think I think a, a setting we that is gonna be the one everybody would want is probably like mirror all text forever. Uh, and uh, but only keep a cab of like media because like honestly text is nothing yeah well the internet is a giant copy machine and all of the current authorities seem to want to work to make it not work and thank you for trying to make it work as it should again <laughs> hell yeah thanks appreciate it ditto on that <laughs> all right um with that that's probably a good place to close this one out um i will have uh, I'll try to get this published tonight as well. I'll have this on the Bitcoin Audible stream. Um, so uh, we'll have the chat that Matthias and Paolo and I did uh, earlier today, as well as the AMA. If you missed anything or you want to kind of go back, we cover a bunch of different things over the three or four combined hours. So you'll have plenty of content if you're looking for any questions answered. Um, and always feel free to DM me. I am on Keat and all of this stuff all the time now. Uh, definitely check it out. The big room still is like real sluggish when you're loading it on mobile. Um, but uh, uh, feel free to shoot me a message. I am happy to jump in, uh, join some rooms, or you can jump into some of mine. I've got like a bunch of things that I hang out here, hang out up here all day. Um, so uh, find me on Keat, message me on Twitter. Um, and Matthias, again, thank you. Um, and another thank you to Paolo for all of this. Yeah, thank you for watering, guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Always. I'm happy to do it next time. Put me at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. 
Thank you so much. This is Keep Mobile AMA. We are out. Withholding information is the essence of tyranny. Control of the flow of information is the tool of the dictatorship. Bruce Koval. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>